Welcome to Comic Chat number six. Number six, number six, number six, man. I've been doing this for a, a month and a half now, six weeks. Uh, can't believe it. I am your host, Glendon McGee. Uh, I'm a nine year comic in the Phoenix, Arizona area. And uh, this is my podcast where I like to talk about stand up comedy and spiritual things and, you know, just life in general. So, uh, I'm just going to be a nice conversation. Hopefully you guys will like it. You can listen to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Yeah, so it's been a pretty eventful weekend on the, uh, on the sports front. I like to usually start there's interesting things happening in sports because I'm kind of a sports fanatic. No, I wouldn't call myself a fanatic. I'd say more like a fan. Now, I used to be a fanatic. I know fan means fanatic, but it's like on a lower scale. I don't really, you know, I used to be all crazy about it and keeping up with it all the time. I still do it out of tradition, but I can miss a few games and, you know, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't die. It wouldn't kill me. But, uh, yeah. So, this weekend has been very eventful in sports. And uh, i like to start off by saying uh, congratulations to Sarah Fuller of uh, Vanderbilt University. She was the uh, first girl to uh, play in a Power 5 conference football game. She is the kicker. For Vanderbilt, she got to kick a uh, squib kick, I think, in the uh, second quarter. And that was the only uh, chance she got to touch the field because Vanderbilt sucks. And they never got close to the end zone, so she could never attempt a field goal. So congratulations to Sarah Fuller for breaking barriers in sports and showing that women can do just as what a man can do, if not better. <laughs> um, also, uh, Jarrett Patterson, running back for uh, Buffalo University, had a fantastic game. Uh, he had 409 yards on 36 carries and eight touchdowns. That's right, eight touchdowns by one person, and both were uh, almost brand new NCAA records. They are second in NCAA history for most yards in a game and most touchdowns in a game. So congratulations to Jared Patterson of Buffalo University. It was a fantastic game. Uh, Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs also had 203 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter. And that was fantastic uh, by him. Uh, <clears throat> I don't really... I'm starting to respect Patrick Mahomes, but I still think that he's kind of the LeBron of the NFL. So they kind of, you know, baby him so that uh, he wins and that we love him and that we kind of idolize him. I think he's the one that they want to uh, pass the torch from Tom Brady to. And uh, not saying that he's not good, just saying that it sucks that they do that that they, like, have a chosen one in every freaking sport. 
that we all know is the chosen one because they get away with everything and they always win no matter how bad their team is. It, it just doesn't make any sense. But <clears throat> congratulations to the Chiefs who um, beat the Buccaneers today. 27 to 24. It was a it was the score was a lot closer than the game. It was pretty boring. Tom Brady is looking like he needs to hang it up. And I know that it's hard for a lot of us to let go of him seeing that he has six Super Bowls and he's done a lot through the last 20 years in football. So we kind of just give him a pass. It's kind of like watching uh, Richard Pryor in the years where he was just in a wheelchair and kind of incapacitated, but people still paid money because they had to see him because, you know, he's Richard. Like, his name was just enough for people to come out. They, nobody, you know, would want to pass a opportunity up to see a legend of his caliber. So I understand why Tom Brady is still doing it, but it looks like it's the end of the road for for him. His accuracy is off. He's thrown four interceptions in the last two games. He threw two today. It was uh, not a good effort by Mr. Brady and company, and they gave him... He probably has the, the most receiving weapons he's had in his whole career this year, and he still can't do anything with them. They're like 7-5 and five this year. So uh, I think they will make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be the Super Bowl champion or even make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know who will make it to the Super Bowl. It's kind of hard to tell. I think the Chiefs are pretty much a lock for the AFC championship. And uh, I don't. the NFC is really uh, a toss-up. There's a... The Packers are always good, and like the Seahawks and uh, the 49ers are looking like they're making a surge. The Giants are looking like they might uh, sneak in there because the NFC East is so terrible. But enough about that. Also, the fight of the century. (laughs) If you was born... In the early 80s to mid-90s, the fight of the century last night. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. taking on Iron Mike Tyson in an uh, exhibition match, eight rounds. It was, uh, it was a ridiculous display by two guys that we used to love. And it was, uh, it was really shameful. And I know that people want to give them credit because... They're two older guys still trying to do what they love at an old age. But sometimes you got to just let some things go. And it it was just a real disgraceful thing watching two of uh, my childhood uh, heroes go out like that. It was like watching my childhood have a gay divorce. It was crazy. And uh, I, I didn't enjoy it. I really feel like this was uh, the versus battle of boxing matches. And uh, it was really just them throwing 20 punches around and then getting tired and hugging. It was like a, a, a minute waltz at the end of every round. I mean, I guess you can give them an A for effort. 
but it really wasn't an entertaining fight. I mean, the most entertaining thing about that fight was Snoop Dogg saying that they look like two uncles fighting at the barbecue like 12,000 times. And then they had a <laughs> We Used to Be Cool rap hour in between every uh, prelim match. They had the, uh, the, the wonderful talents of Prince, uh, no, French Montana, excuse me, not Prince Montana, French Montana, YG, and uh, the incomparable Snoop Dogg himself. I don't know if there was anyone else. I didn't really see the whole uh, the whole card. I just got to see the 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 last two matches between uh, Jake Paul, YouTuber Jake Paul, and NBA basketball star, former basketball star Nate Robinson, which was the fight of the night because Jake Paul ended up knocking him out, putting him to sleep in the second round and now he's a meme and everybody's got a joke for him because he got laid out um i just feel like it's really not fair because nate robinson is like my size (laughs) and he never really showed that he had hands he just was a little dude with a short person's complex that got into big dude's faces and then got held back so he may have appeared a lot tougher to us than he actually was in reality. But I just, it was retarded because a lot of people are saying that he got knocked out, which he did. But he just didn't have any business in there and he walked into a punch. I mean, the punch caught him. He looked at it and probably had time to get out the way, but just didn't know how and ended up on his stomach looking like a... He got socked by Debo. It was um, it's pretty disgraceful. Now that now everybody's clowning him like they can uh, beat the shit out of Jake Paul or something. And uh, a lot of my uh, Facebook friends and a lot of you know my friends in reality are are clowning Nate Robinson, saying that he let down black people and he set us back. But I would like to see these people get in there and take on Jake Paul. Um, uh, follow Jake Paul on Instagram. I don't even have, I don't even know his Instagram, but his name is Jake Paul. Follow him, troll him, challenge him to a fight, please, because I would want to see one of you broke niggas take on this motherfucker and, and, and put him in his place like you say you can. Just because he, he knocked out Nate Robinson, you guys really think that Nate Robinson's a joke or something. I would like, matter of fact, I won't even put that much pressure on you. To fight Jake Paul. Fight Nate Robinson. When he get out the, the hospital. I want y'all to follow Nate Robinson on, on Instagram. Troll him. Talk about how he got knocked out. Post memes and shit. Till he get mad enough to challenge one of you niggas to a fight. Because I, I want to see what, what a regular person will do. Because it's easy to talk when you're not uh, getting punched in the face. It's easy to have comments when it's not you in there having to bob and weave and protect yourself because we're gonna all have a good laugh because we didn't feel what Nate felt and uh but I want to see one of the critics of Nate Robinson take on uh Jake Paul and, and, and lay him out and then 
you, you, you'll have the right to clown Nate Robinson to his face for the rest of his life. But, yeah, that's was was sports. <laughs> I just really, I'm really disgraced by that. The whole thing was uh, retarded because they had Snoop Dogg doing commentary and uh, Sugar Ray Robinson was all senile and not really wanting to be there but I guess they paid him a pretty penny so he just he just sat there and pretended to care about these uh non uh boxers. Uh I know Bandu Jack won the uh the first match. I forgot who he fought against, but I know it went uh to a decision and Bandu Jack ended up winning. Uh Israel Adesanya was also doing commentary and that was interesting because it was like listening to a super black Takashi 69 that could beat your ass it was it was really uh it was really interesting because dude sounds like a uh he sounds like a, ra- a a machine full of rap video slogans but he's like a super badass fighter um shout out to Israel Adesanya uh the champion I forget what division but He's a champion, and he's a beast. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, what, the first 13 minutes on sports. I know that that was a little long, but that's just because I really don't know which direction I want to do or go in with this uh, with this cast. Uh, I just want to, I want to know, man. The shine, like, for black people, we always talk about I don't get my shine, or, you know, you're always trying to take my shine, or you you hating on my shine, like, I want to know what is the shine, and why do we want that shit, like, why is it so important that we have all the shine, and that we, you know, be seen in this, uh, this heavy light? Like, why do we have to be uh, uh, above one another? And to the point to where we do, like, petty shit. Like, we'll sell each other poison and we'll, like, kill each other and shit. And, you know, we'll, we'll we'll even scam each other just for money. And the whole thing about it is not, it's not just black people, it's people, period. We, uh, we all desire money. But we don't even desire it for anything useful. We just desire it for the, the, the exaltation of our own self, or the, um, or to allow our ego to grow past its level that it's supposed to be. We we don't ever want uh, wealth, or we don't ever desire wealth to to help other people. We don't desire wealth so that our families can grow and that we can help other families and we can help poor people and we can help people who uh, are in need like veterans who um who are whose mind they they suffer from ptsd so they can't really function and they they need help like we never think about wealth in in those terms we always think about wealth in a way to to glorify the self or to hoard prosperity for for ourselves and I just want to know why is that like why do we feel like we need these things to feel whole 
because they rather they they really don't bring that wholeness and if it does that wholeness that you seek is only temporary so it really seems pointless for us to do all the things that we do for the quote unquote shine and i think that it's another thing that divides us and i think that's why we are slowly progressing as humanity because there's so much division so there's there's a limited amount of brain power going into certain ideas because it i mean that i guess that brings me to a point in comedy because i have some bits and they're really funny and uh i didn't write those bits by myself i had help from comedy buddies that I that I hung out with and that I went to shows with and we we came together and I I ran the joke by them and then they were like hey well if you said this that could be funny and then I was like you know what yeah that's funny and I added to the joke and it helps the joke and it is like some of my best jokes I've written with other comics so I don't understand what the point is when people are like you trying to take my shine are you trying to steal my joke I understand that people do steal jokes and there is a certain level of desperation that goes into entertainment but I think that is due to our limited perception of what success is so it causes us to uh to shrink ourselves and and amplify our goals and dreams to impossible heights and it causes a fear and and then that leads to self-doubt and then usually it leads to you no longer pursuing that desire Or, or making up an excuse or saying that it wasn't even something that you were seeking in the first place So my reasoning for asking about this quote-unquote shine is it seems to be a blockage or a limiter to our perception and therefore limiting our abilities. So I don't really see why it's such an important thing. But I think that uh, it's because we... We are are so unaware and out of our present state of mind all the time that we kind of can't see what's really important. And that's why I always tell uh, my friends and even my family to meditate because it helps you keep things in perspective and you, you always grateful for the current moment. And you don't look too far ahead and you don't look too far back so that you don't, you know, be hampered by uh, negative thoughts and uh, self-defeat and all types of other spiritual blockages. Um, Thanksgiving was a great uh, holiday. I got to hang out with my little brother and meet my niece, uh, Marlene. It was it was pretty cool. She's a <laughs> she's a pretty cool baby until she, um, she doesn't get 
something she wants, then everybody has to pay. But that's pretty cool. You know, I wish I was a kid sometimes because certain things you can get away with as a little kid. Like, you can literally throw stuff. <laughs> and and people would just be like, hey, hey, don't don't you don't you do that. Like, like if you do that as an adult, there's most likely there's going to be a fight outside. So, yeah, b- being around that young energy, that youthful energy was cool. And seeing my brother and his uh, his kids, my his girlfriend was was pretty cool. Um holiday. I didn't really eat that much because uh, I don't eat meat and I'm kind of, I don't, I won't call myself a vegan or a vegetarian. I just don't, you know, I just don't eat meat and uh, I eat a lot of vegetables and like rice. I eat plant-based meat and I know a lot of people are like, well, they say that's the same as the, uh, the, the, the real meat. So you might as well uh, eat the cow. And well, my belief is that it's not meat, so I'm not saying that it's healthier, but I'm saying that it wasn't slaughtered, and the energy of fear is not inside of it, because I believe that the anim- the animals that we eat uh, through mass uh, production, they are slaughtered, and upon death, they are uh, filled with a fearful energy, and when you consume that animal, you also consuming that fearful energy, and that's what makes the meat and things so bad. But I know that probably seems seems uh, far fetched or ludicrous to the five people that listen to this podcast. But that's just what I believe. It's my truth, and I am learning to accept it. I another thing I want to um, talk about with that just kind of reminded me is uh, different degrees of perception breed knowledge. Because if you hang around the same type of people who have the same thoughts, you kind of just do the same thing. And then eventually you find out you don't even really like these people because you 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 notice that the energy between you guys are stagnant. Nobody has a difference in opinion. Therefore, there is no, like, even tiny element of chaos. It's, it's almost uh, it's almost like a living form of insanity where you don't have a, a variety of opinions or, or different personalities because that's what, uh, that's where knowledge comes from because you learn different ways to think and different perceptions to, to look at, and it, and it strengthens and uh, broadens your horizons, and, and you grow as a person, not only mentally, but spiritually as well. So, different degrees of perception breed knowledge. I feel like not of, we're not as open to uh, opinions. Like, everybody has one, and you're, you're able to state your opinion, but... When it comes to people accepting or uh, respecting other people's opinion, it's either, uh, nah, man, your shit ain't my shit, so it's pointless. Nah, man, that shit's stupid. Like, because uh, nobody else believed that shit. You don't only want to believe that shit, so it must be 
dumb. That's that's how I feel we live in our society. And I think that's why everything is so uh, combative. And I think that's why we we have so many conflicts because everybody's trying to control everybody else when the only person you can control somewhat is yourself. But we don't want to control that person because we're too busy looking at other people via like social media or, or uh, TikTok or you know, Tinder or whatever else distraction that has been created to take a, our focus away from ourselves. I just feel like we, uh, we, we really limit ourselves due to um, offense and not being open to uh, different degrees of perception. Um, which brings me to, uh, this comedy tip. There's a difference between being offensive and being edgy. Cause, uh, most comics, I don't, I don't like to group them, uh, group comics and race, but from my experience, most white comics, they like to be edgy into a black person when we hear a white person say uh i'm an edgy comic it usually means you're just a racist who wants to say the n-word for a so-called shock value but it's just really you want to say the n-word to offend any person of color in, in the audience and that's not being edgy that's just being offensive being edgy is taking a topic that might be a hot button issue or might be uh, not uh, considered taboo and dancing in between the lines of safe and taboo. You go all the way to where you're about to cross the over to the taboo and you just pull it right back to the safe. And you play with that until... You know, you you get enough laughs where you're satisfied and you can move on to the next thing. But when you just saying stuff to 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 make people, you know, walk out, that's not being edgy. That's being offensive. You want to you your your goal is to make it a horrible time for those people who are watching you. And I think that that's a uh, selfish thing that some comics do. Because they don't think about the other, you know, comics on the show or the show itself. Because a lot goes into running a show. There's, like, the venue. You got to make sure the venue is cool and they like what the other comics are saying. Because venues will shut you down if you tell the wrong joke or you allow the wrong comic to keep getting up. They'll, They'll shut you down because... You, you might hurt their business and walking customers is never good. That's always bad for not only the show, but that business. And I don't think uh, comics care enough about these venues to even take into consideration of that the things that they might be saying up there could be offending people to the point to where they don't want to visit that establishment because comics are very selfish and a lot of us think well I just want to tell my jokes and if they don't think it's funny they don't have to be here 
Well, if they if they're not here, then the venue's not going to want to have a mic there because you, we're not making them any money. And I think that's uh one thing that comedians get it twisted as comedians. They get it twisted and they think that oh well, we put on a show here and and we're important and it's like no venues don't need comedy. <laughs> Venues need to move drinks and food. They don't need people talking about their dick or talking about how they don't like this certain group of people or or how they can't get laid or how they hate women or how they hate men because men are disgusting or something or some other stupid thing that we argue about. And, And that's just the whole thing. It's not just comics, it's humans too. It just seems like all we do is complain and be ungrateful. Like everybody got a thousand complaints but no solutions. And then the people with the solutions, they always get told that they're crazy. Or they don't know what they're talking about. Or they reading too far into something. But it really is a um really is a overly stressful reality that we are allowing ourselves to live in because we are trying to control something that we didn't even create i don't know who created well i do know who created it it wasn't a person it was a being a light but that's another story but i think that you know comics we should have more tact when we uh, write our material because the object of Doing comedy is to spread laughter and to have fun, not to make people feel alienated. This has been Comic Chat number six. I am your host, Glenn McGee. Uh, I will be back next week with another tentilating episode of this stream. You can catch this cast on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at GM3Comedy, on Facebook, Glendon Sin Black McGee. Uh, until next week, spread love, peace, and harmony, and it shall come back to you tenfold. Have a beautiful week. I love you all. Peace.